WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome, everyone, to WVUA 90.7, the Capstone NBA student section. I'm your host, Zachary Elrod, and here with me is Trey Simpson, and we got a great show for y'all. We got a bunch of NBA topics. And let's dive straight into it. The All-Star Game just happened. We had some records being breaking or broken, I should say, with the East having 211 points, I believe. Yeah, um, so we can clearly <laughs> see the no defense areas on full display. Yes. You know, um, first of all, for the East to come out and just dog the West like, you know, they did, nobody expected that. Like, if you looked at the lineup of the West um, – you know, they basically had the Avengers. You know, that's what they're calling them on social media. So mm-hmm. everybody, you know, expected the West to come out and just, you know, do what the East did. And the East, you know, rose to the occasion. You know, Dane came out hot. Tyrese Halliburton came out hot. I mean, oh, yeah. five threes back to back without missing. But nobody's playing defense. Nobody's putting a hand. I mean, you know, this yeah. classic all star game now. But, I mean, shoot, his third three against uh, Shea, remember, he did the uh, Larry Bird ball fake. And oh, shot yeah. Over, yeah, almost from the logo. Mm. But, yeah, you're right. No defense is being played for real. Um, honestly, what do you think about that All-Star weekend as it, like, the whole thing? I think it had some good parts of the three-point contest. I thought that was really entertaining. And then yeah. the Steph and Sabrina, I hope they – I don't know. I think they could really use that. Like, they could do, like, a WNBA-NBA collab and even have, like, more, like – I think I saw on ESPN they said, like, maybe when Caitlin Clark comes up, we could see, like, Caitlin Clark and uh, Sabrina, Sabrina versus, versus Curry and Clay or something like – Or even uh, Dame. Switch out Clay for Dame. You know, or even Dame, yeah. Uh, Three-point champ. And we could do, like, shooting competitions with them and stuff. I, th- I would like to see that because, like – I mean, Sabrina was shooting from the NBA line, not even the WNBA line. And she was splashing every single shot. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I just remember Kenny, you know, first of all, if y'all were watching the game, um, did y'all hear Kenny Smith talking all that stuff on live? Oh, wait. That's what I'm thinking because he was talking all that stuff about Sabrina not shooting from the NBA line. Like, he was saying not only was she using a girl's ball, which is, first of all, what do you expect her to use? Yeah. And then uh, if she wasn't shooting from the NBA line, I mean, whatever. I mean, She but, did shoot from the NBA line, though. Yeah. Regardless, she was shooting the skin off the ball. Like, mm-hmm. the leather came off. <laughs> you saw it. It was great. I think that was the highlight of the weekend. Who knows what score she would have had if she saw it from the actual WNBA line. Yeah. I mean, she probably would have. I don't know. I thought she came off to a hot start, and then it was that right wing. I think that's when she started to kind of, like, cool off. Yeah. And then Curry just did Curry things. But she had 26, though. That was the highest score Yeah, she like, um, got in the, the actual three-point like contest. And Brunson and all them. Like, that was, like, you know, the average for the night. And, right. like, she yeah, she tied, uh, like you said, Dame, Trey Young. What was it Towns? Yeah, she tied, like – Shoot, Towns went Some off. Great I thought shooters. he was going to um, come back and win, but Dane pulled it out. Mm-hmm. But definitely the three-point um, contest was like the highlight. But, man, let's go ahead and get into the dunk contest, bro. Throw that whole contest away this time. 
it's yeah i mean i think i have a stat like i didn't even know this but since 2015 only four all-stars have been in the dunk contest so after that 2015 contest with zach levine aaron gordon i think some other dudes it's only been full or four all-stars to actually compete which is Jalen brown andre drummond victor aladipo and deandre jordan so and that's all the all-stars and Aaron Gordon did it one the next year after that, but got robbed. Yeah, by D Wade. So, but Aaron Gordon's not an All Star, so still, he should have won the second one if he didn't win the first one. You know, to Levine. That's crazy. He doesn't have a single. He didn't win a single dunk contest. Yeah. Looking back at it, that's crazy. That but is, yeah, like I honestly think that um, Jacob Toppin should have uh, advanced instead of Jalen uh, Brown. Because Jalen Brown, his dunks were in-game dunks. And it wasn't like – it was impressive, yeah, but a windmill. And, what he jumped over Kai Sinat sitting down. Yeah. Like Shannon Sharp said, bro, he's three feet tall. He sits down, he's one and a half foot tall. Yeah. Like, nah, you can't be doing that. And so. then he had that tribute dunk to the the person that died at Kentucky, you know. Yeah, but he covered his eyes after the dunk. So, like, I think he was supposed to cover his eyes while dunking. I think that was what it was. Oh, that was the D. Brown tribute. I'm talking about the other one where he did a tribute dunk for the kid who died, and then they drafted him. You remember in that one NBA draft where they drafted the kid that passed away and stuff? He got in a car accident. Yeah. He played for Kentucky. That's how unmemorable unmemorable the dunk was, though. Like, I don't even remember which dunk because, like, I remember, like I said, the you know one where he covered his eyes after the dunk, and then I think that's the one you're talking about, though, because you know he only had two more. He had the windmill, it might be that one, and then he had the one where he jumped over Kai. Mm-hmm. And then I think for that other one, he did like a 360 windmill for the tribute he did dunk. That much. I don't know. It just felt like it was a normal dunk and stuff, and the reason they couldn't give it a bad score is because he's doing a tribute to him. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, I mean, it, I definitely thought it was dope that he's doing a tribute to him. I was like, okay, well, let's see what he does. And it's a 360 windmill, and it's just like, but you can't give that a bad score. You're putting the judges in, like, a really bad position by, you know what I'm saying? But, see, that's the thing. They were worried about being, like, you know, I guess – correct or whatever but see they should have just the judges were all over the place dunk like you know yeah that one you remember that one guy that didn't there's this one guy that didn't give mac mcclung a 50 remember they didn't give mac mcclung a 50 for his first dunk it was when he jumped over somebody caught the ball dropped it caught it back and then reversed it It was the very first dunk it was insane no one's ever done that dunk before and they'd even give him a 50 his first try too that's crazy and it was that one guy i think it was the intro i think he's like a hall of famer or something but he's like an older guy and he like opened his eye or something i don't know yeah 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 that was a weird intro that he did yeah i don't it was kind of funny that he did the eye thing because it's like almost like he couldn't see the actual dunk (laughs) and that's why he gave it a bad score because he couldn't see what actually happened yeah i don't know that contest was definitely um you know I wouldn't say, like, honestly, we were talking about it, though. Um, instead of, like, the dunk contest, like, how about we get a 3v3, not a 3v3, a uh, king of the court, you know, three dribbles event. So like, that's like my Kyrie. question. Yeah. 
what do you think they can do? Is that something you think they could do better? Yeah, I mean, or just, you know, get better people that, to participate in the dunk contest. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't want to see Jalen Brown do in-game dunks again. Like, you know, no discredit to him. He's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. But his dunk contest was weak. I thought it was funny that he did that left-handed dunk, though. You remember that one where he put the glove on it and then it was like, I thought that was kind of funny, though, that he didn't have a left hand. Trash. I was just mad at him. I ain't going to lie. Me too. Came out there just, I don't know. He didn't, like, set the tone like I thought he would. And he did. Remember last week on the show, I was, like, rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he disappointed me. I was rooting for Hame, but I feel like they robbed him, though. Because if Jalen Brown can jump over Casanet and then Hame Hawkins Jr. jumps over Shaquille O'Neal and windmills it. And cleared him, too. Like, what more? And he got a higher – Jalen Brown got a higher score for his dunk. And it wasn't even a good D. Brown tribute. He did the little dab thing at the end. So, I, I don't know, dude. It just doesn't make sense. Because a lot of people wanted Jalen Brown to win because he is an all-star. And if he won, then it would kind of prove to everybody else, you know. But I just remember in the dunk contest, it was rough. The crowd was rough, dude. I'd just hear boo, like after every dunk. Whether it was the judging or it was the actual dunk, it was horrible, dude. But I did want to bring this up to you about just the all-star game in general with this home white side. He said that the NBA should make it to where the winning conference should have home court advantage in the NBA Finals. So since it's a seven-game series, he's saying that the conference who wins should get the four games at home and then the losing conference should just get three games at home. Um, What, for the whole series or, like, the whole thing, whole thing, or just, you know, the finals? Just the finals. Um, What was it based on in the past? Like, record? Like, you know, playoff record? Yeah, I think it was just, like, seeding and stuff. Um, Well, no, nah, because it's based on uh, who gets there first, remember? They get that bye week because they might be still playing. Sure. In game, so... No, I think they should keep it how it is. You know, that's the whole point. If you, you know, are winning like the Nuggets last year, they had so much time for a break because they pretty much, like, they swept everybody. Yeah. So they didn't, you know, they never went past five games. So they earned their break. I think they should keep it the way it is, me personally. So what incentive do you think they should? Because that's just like they're just trying to make up the stakes for the All-Star game. Do you think there should be an incentive? or? Um, I mean, it, it can – no, I mean, not really, no, because, see, that's the whole point now. Like, why they're not competing? Why does it have to be, you know, an incentive? Shoot, their incentive, they – you know, if they played good in the in-season tournament, they could have got an extra 100 k each. Yeah. So – you know, nah, I don't think there should be an extra incentive just to just because you win an all-star game. You know, the awards that are already given out, you know, all-star MVP, all that type of stuff is incentive alone. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they did it back in the day, which, you know, I know the game's changed dramatically now, but it's just, I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of just over time it's just slowly because, like, people would start to play around and stuff and it would be cool. And then slowly and slowly it just started to get more get more and more lazy to where it's just like people just shooting from half court and it's like people pay a lot of money a lot of money to see that stuff especially like all-star game tickets are expensive 
to get like all-star game weekend tickets and just to go show up to a game to see somebody just pull it from half court every play i mean that doesn't i wouldn't spend my money on it yeah i mean it just the level of competition in that um game needs to just be you know elevated again because like you said back in the day they used to have that competition where they you know played hard hustled you know dough for loose balls and stuff and um you know not saying that it doesn't happen today but i mean it doesn't like basically doesn't you know like you just said if you can just walk down the court and chuck a half court shot and you know we see players make it it's cool but that's not something we want to see every play yeah it's cool like like when Dame does it and he makes two, that was about oh that's super cool. But then like, then it goes keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Then it's just like, can we play basketball here? And I don't know. They they keep talking about incentives. They talk about money. They talk about advantages. But I mean, at the end of the day, if the players don't want to play, they don't want to play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing you can do about that. And I feel like people just have to step up. And it's like. People were paying their hard-earned money for this. That's what Kobe would do. Like, if anybody – if he was struggling with an injury or something, he's like, no, I want to still play. Because I know people are trying to – they're showing up to watch me play and perform. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I feel like that's the whole point right there, though. It goes back into what we were just saying about, you know, they shouldn't even want an incentive. Like, think about the players who didn't get to play in the All-Star game. Like, you know, the an honor selections. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they didn't get to participate. So – just the fact that you're even, you know, a part of that scenario and you get to play in an event like that, that you know pretty much everybody in the world is going to watch who cares about basketball even a little bit, you know, that should be incentive enough to go out there and like, hey, you know, I'm not saying we have to play like it's game seven of the finals, NBA finals, but, you know, let me at least go out here, do my best on offense you know, turn it up on defense when it needs to be turned up. Like, if a team's mm-hmm. going on a run, you know, after a couple threes, like, all right, now let's, you know, lock up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, they kind of just, you know, jog around, you know, do whatever, laugh it off, and then they want to try to turn it up in the fourth quarter. But, nah, how about we keep it turned up the whole game so that people aren't asleep? Because, you know, that's word on the street right now. People are asleep during All-Star weekend. I thought I saw – I remember this. I just remembered it. You know, and it's – you know, like, the trainers in the summer. You know C. Brickley? Yeah. Like, you know, the NBA trainer? Mm. They said his scrimmages were even better than the All-Star game. Like, and that's in the summer. You could watch a C. Brickley scrimmage, like, you know, summer scrimmaging, and it's, yeah. like, ten times better and more competitive than the All-Star game. That Drew League, um, Rico Hines runs. Mm-hmm. Like, Rico Hines runs yeah. are really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of too. Yeah, because you see Russ out there hooping. You see Paul George, a lot of UCLA guys and Raptors. Like I don't know, there's always hooping over there, and it's just like extremely competitive. They're trying to get better. Yeah, I forgot um, one thing too. You know, um, games at the Rucker up in New York. Like you know, it's game better games going on there every day than mm-hmm. what we just saw in the All Star game. So in terms of competition. And then you mentioned uh, Drew League, and then Kyrie Irving doing stuff over the summer with more than a run yeah he started that up i mean they're doing stuff over there i mean there's countless like different like there's countless different scrimmages and stuff over the summer they're 10 times better than the all-star game competitive wise and they have just as much stars i mean you see so many different all-stars playing against each other so 
yeah that's going to do it for this segment y'all that's our thoughts on the all-star game hope y'all can make it back and we'll see y'all after this quick intermission WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back, everyone, to the NBA student section. Me and Trey are back, and we got some more news for y'all. The Brooklyn Nets just dismissed Coach Shake Vaughn. Am I pronouncing that right? Vaughn. Vaughn? You just say Vaughn? Jock Vaughn, I guess. Jock Vaughn, something like that. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Coach. Hope you find a new job, too, and an even better one. But now they just rehired the new Brooklyn Nets assistant coach. They just bumped him up to the head coach, Kevin Ollie. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I researched this guy, and I didn't even know it. He was assistant coach for the Nets. I knew that. But then before that, he coached, like, I think he coached in Connecticut, and he even coached overtime elite. He coached some teams up there. And he had, like, a long NBA career, too. I think he might have played, like – he played a bunch of seasons for a bunch of teams. So, he kind of bounced around a little bit. But, I don't know. I don't really know how he is as a coach, necessarily. I mean, he's definitely coached some – been at some interesting spots. I mean, but what are your – I want to get your thoughts on the Nets, Trey. I know we've talked about them week after week on their struggles and stuff. But what do you think – is something they can do at least now to at least put them over the top and make them, you know, at least better than they are now? Yeah, so first of all, I mean, for the coaching position, um, you don't get where you are in that league without having experience um, of your own. So I'm not surprised that he has a long resume following him. But in terms of the Nets um, improving, um, we honestly, you know, Time will tell, obviously, but we have to see what this new coach is going to do for him. We have to see, you know, if any players are going to, like, actually step up now because, like, this is the time. If anybody's going to step up, it will be now. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of trades are happening to him. So, I think at this point they need to focus on, you know, finishing the season the best way they can. Like, Cam Johnson has to step up. Um Cam Thomas. Yeah. And then Mikel. I mean, all those dudes. I mean, there's not really much to talk about. When you say players, I mean, yeah, who I'm has to, say, to step up? I, my mind went blank, bro. It's like off of those three, it's kind of like, well, after that, you know, they're – They got Dennis Smith. They got a couple – Claxton. It's but like then, they're in the rebuild process themselves. I mean, they are. Shoot, they just had, what, three stars? Harden, Kyrie, and uh, KD, what, a couple years ago? Now they're just back to square one, basically. That's why I thought they should have traded McHale because somebody's going to overpay for him. Yeah. There's got to be some contender out there that wants, like, a third option, possible second option. Could have gave him up for some picks. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what I would be really interested to see? Like, McHale Bridges as a second option because a lot of people would just put him in that third option role. But I don't really want him to go back to his sons because, like, I feel like the sons kind of underused him, obviously, now that we know what he's capable of. I would like to see him on, like, a Sixers team, like, you know, without Embiid right now to see, like, how him and Maxie would play. Or even, like, I don't know. If they gave basically what he's in right now. I mean, they don't have, you know, a star center. And, I mean, it's him and a couple other pieces that can help. But But I'm saying, like, two stars. Like, him and Maxie. Yeah. I think him and Maxie would play really good together. 
I mean, yeah, of course, if you have, like, you know, put talent with talent, they'll do good. But the question is, with him, can he do it by himself? And since he's not, that's why we're even talking about this in the first place, you know. Yeah. So let's see what he does by himself first to even, you know, see if he has any trade value, market value. And then if he doesn't. I think he has big trade value. Just looking into it. I don't know. I feel like they could get a bag for him. It depends on what he does on the court, bro. Yeah. If he doesn't perform on the court, then that trade value, whatever he has, is going to go down in the toilet. Yeah. And that's it, yeah. True. So, you got anything for him, like any advice? Just like, I mean, it's not really I mean, much it would else. Be the same advice to everybody in the league, bro. Just go out there and hoop. Yeah. Like, literally do the best you can. That's it. Try to come together as a team. Because, I mean, we've seen teams like that, like, Take, for instance, the Memphis Grizzlies right now. They're in the mud. They're in the ditch. But they're making the most of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they dug themselves a hole with all these injuries and stuff happening. But, I mean, now their young guys are stepping up. And they're like, I mean, granted, they're not the best team ever. But they're beating some really – they're competing and beating a lot of some big-time teams like the Bucks that we just talked about last week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, they don't have, you know, their core guys or even any star, like, talent right now. So, everybody has to, you know, step up or step off. And in this case, they've been stepping up to the plate recently, which yeah. is good on them. But, you know, it's kind of different when, you know, you're one of the main focuses, like even um, the Pistons, you know, they finally won their one game that they did win. And now they're starting to you know, pick feel it, up, it yeah. Um, so... If you get that chip on your shoulder, you know, to kind of step it up and lock in, then, you know, sky's the limit for most of these teams. But Facts. that's the point, though. Like, none of these teams, like, especially the Celtics, like, I don't think the Celtics play with that chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? I feel like they're going to run into that in the playoffs. Because a lot of people are bragging about how the Celtics are this, Celtics are that. They have the best team in basketball. But that's not everything, dude. Just because yeah. it's, like, good on paper, just because we see it for a couple games – doesn't mean it's going to translate in a seven-game series. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, back to the Nets. Like, I mean, it's honestly, yeah, I mean, we pretty much said everything we had to say about them. Yeah. But, yeah, moving on to that, I thought I wanted to talk to you about this because this really interested me. We've talked about the Bucks. We've talked about Doc Rivers. You know, there's different little areas like, you know, you could blame the coach. But then there's also some areas where, like, you know, your stars have to step up. Then you need to command the team. Yeah. I thought, you know, J.J. Redick really called out Doc Rivers on first take. And everybody's getting, you know, they're getting their viewpoint on it. They're giving their opinion on it. I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, no, I'm not, not really, no. So, basically, on first take – like JJ Reddick just called out Doc Rivers and said like Wait, you talk about how he was just like kinda of trashing him about like, you know, the team being in shambles and like mm-hmm. not really And how him. he always blames other people. Yeah. Um I mean we've heard that before from other people, but at the same time we already kinda of knew that Doc was a you know, an overrated coach in terms yeah. of like what he brings to the table because yeah, he has that one championship with the Celtics back in what, oh eight or something. I don't even know. That was a long time ago. But, uh, 
other than that, he hasn't won anything. And, you know, he had the Lob City Clippers. So if he didn't win with them, you know, he's had other teams that was, you know, great in the past. You know, he was just coaching in Philly with that team um, did have its limitations, so oh, yeah. going to the Lob City Clippers. Yeah, I mean, because Blake and DeAndre Jordan, what are they going to do outside of that? Because Blake hasn't didn't develop his offensive game till Detroit. Then they had Chris Paul, but and Jamal, but I don't know. JJ Redick himself. Yeah, oh. and Patrick Beverly did mention this. He said like. I mean, Doc Rivers gave you an opportunity when no one else would. He started you when no one else would. And then you go behind – you go on line and you go on first take and just slander him like that. I mean, what's that say about you? You know what I'm saying? Because I get he's an analyst now and he's trying to, like, you know, make a name for himself outside of basketball necessarily and just being a player. But, I mean, that's pretty cold, you know? I guess. I mean, I think that's kind of looking into it a little deep. I mean, he's just like everybody else on TV, you know. He's up there to give his opinion on the matter. Yeah. And because, you know, it wasn't necessarily right to, I guess, the masses, then now J.J. Reddick's the bad guy. I mean, I don't really look at it as, like, you know, cold. It's kind of just like, you know – if anybody should say that, it should be, you know, him or one of the players that played for him. Yeah. Because they're the only ones who can say that for sure. Who truly know. know. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, even though they're saying bad things about J.J., Doc, whatever it may be, I mean, publicity is publicity. So either way, J.J. is kind of winning now because, I mean, if he is trying to get his name more predominantly, like, you know, in that category with all those big – names out there in the analyst world and ESPN, whatever it may be. I mean, he still has publicity, so he's still winning either way. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad publicity, I guess. Yeah. But back to Doc Rivers, though. Um, you're not safe, buddy. We already told you that you had to get it together with this team. Like mm-hmm. You came in, they were the second best team in the conference, and now they've dropped like three spots. So, you know, yeah, the stars have to do what they do because at the end of the day, it's on them. You know, they're the ones who have to go out and play. So, like Shaq said, Giannis and Dame have to command the team and, you know, be assertive and do what that, you know, what they need to do to lead the team. But at the same time, yeah, you just can't put everything on Doc Rivers, but you can't take it off of Doc Rivers either. Like, he still has to come up with the game plan. The players have to buy into his system. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest problem right now. You know, he doesn't have a system presented to him that they bought into. Mm-hmm. They're number three right now. Uh-oh. So, like, they're only one loss. They're only one win behind the Cavaliers. Yeah. But Cavaliers haven't even played, like, near as many games as – or they haven't played as many games as them. So, I mean, they're still sitting in that three seed, so it's not like they're horrible. But, like you said, yeah, for these past few games, it's starting to look scary. And – I don't know, playoff hopes. You know, Doc Rivers isn't really known for being that playoff coach. Had that one run, but we've talked about it before. He's had a lot of teams. And the Cavs are in that two spot. Cavs sinking in. And I thought that was interesting. The Sixers are in the five seed right behind the Knicks and above the Indiana Pacers. So, but I also – this isn't on the list of our little topics that we have, but I wanted to talk to you about the Mavericks. Not because it's bias, but because they're on a seven-game win streak. And now they're out of the play, and they're at the sixth seed right behind the Pelicans, 
our nemesis right now. But like, what do you think? What do you think about the Mavs? Do you think they can make that run? Because I know people say it's a lot, really far fetched. I don't know. I'm kind of iffy about it too myself, even being a Mavs fan. I mean, they're making that run right now. They're already on what? Would you just say a seven game win streak? Yeah, I'm saying like a playoff run though. Yeah, I mean, it's still we're in the halfway point of the season, but. I mean, if they keep playing how they're playing, you know, if Kyrie and, um, you know, Luka drops 30 a game each, yeah. then, yeah, they can definitely make that playoff run because – Which they did last night, basically. Yeah. Like, they're too unstoppable up front. And then they have guys that can hit shot. Like, just last night, that's probably the best basketball we're going to see from them in terms of, like, you know, the standard they need to play at. True. Because everybody except Tim Hardaway Jr. was knocking down their open <laughs> shots. And um, He had 12, but he shot horrible. So. Yeah. Did one not help you in prize three. picks. Yeah, one for nine from the three, man. You sold my parlay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I honestly think if they stay on the track, they, you know, they're on. You know, they're already making the run now. So, as long as nobody goes down, God forbid – you know hey don't it. say that hey don't mention don't mention people going down here trey we don't want to jinx it i didn't um okay said, we didn't forbid. say anything we didn't say anything nothing I said, happened i said god forbid what you want to knock on wood go ahead bro <laughs> i'm knocking on wood right now y'all can't see it but we just did it but anyways yeah i really like the mavs i think i don't know i'm kind of iffy on the playoff run the pickups are awesome pj Daniel, y'all are doing good. Y'all are really balling out there for us. And now we got Derek Lively back. I mean, the bigs, we don't have a problem with anymore. Our front court's good. It's just if our back court's going to stay healthy, if all the guys are going to stay healthy and we're just going to keep, you know, hooping the way we do. And hopefully our defense, you know, because our pickups have helped us on the defensive side because especially in the beginning of the year, defense was a main, a really big issue. So, it's definitely helped us in the long run. But anyways. It seems like y'all figured it out, though. Mm-hmm. You know. Because we just had no offense to Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber, but, like, that was it. And we were going up against, like, Jokic's, I mean, Embiid, Giannis. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. tough. ADs. That's tough to go against. But anyways, before we end this segment, I want to get your thoughts on Jason Tatum and him – saying he could be the face of the NBA because he's talking about how the pressure's all on him to win a chip and stuff and how everybody's talking to him and saying, like, you know, especially with the team he has now, that's what we are just discussing. I mean, he if he doesn't win a chip here, I mean, I don't know when he's ever going to win a chip. So do you think Tatum could be the face of the NBA, especially after LeBron tires? Um, I mean, he could be, but... You know, it's probably it's more unlikely than likely. You know, yeah. the media has already been pushing women, Yama, Anthony Edwards, SGA, who else? Uh, I mean, Halliburton for one. You could even throw him in there. Luka, Jokic. Yeah, Giannis really. Giannis, Giannis is really yeah. the face of the league when LeBron goes because, you know, he's got some years left in him. Mm-hmm. So, True. honestly, I think it's going to be Giannis. Mm-hmm. He's an international player. It's either they're going to make it Giannis Luca, and and maybe Jokic, but you know Jokic doesn't care about all that stuff, you know, enough to be the face. Like he's already, you know, shown in the situations he's gonna 
play around with the media anyway. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to be here. Oh, I just want to get back to my horses. So, oh yeah, he just wants know. to get back to his horses. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Tatum he could have it, but like you just said, he has to win. But I mean, everybody kind of has to win though. So mm-hmm. that's why I say right now it would be honest because, yeah, he won. I got you. But yeah, he has won a chip. Can't forget about that. Yeah, against the Suns. But anyways, yeah, I I thought it was interesting too because you mentioned Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns was just praising him, talking about how he could be the face of the NBA. And I mean, I could. I mean, it's not like you can't see it. Dude's a dog. He's getting. I mean, he's really showing everybody his work ethic, and he's really showing everybody what he truly can become. I mean, it all goes back to when Steve Kerr said that's why we didn't draft you because your work ethic and now Anthony Edwards is just proven day by day what he can be so yeah definitely anyway that's going to do it for this segment we'll be right back with more NBA news don't go away WVUAFM Tuscaloosa Welcome back to the NBA student section. We're back with more stuff to talk about. And, yeah, we got some more stuff to talk about. We got the whole Warriors controversy. I know we talk about them a lot, but I did want to get your thoughts on the whole uh, – or what's his name? Pajemski and Draymond, uh, the feud they had in practice earlier and how Pajemski, like Draymond was trying to get back in his game and stuff, you know, trying to get back in it. And then Pajemski's like, we can't have those turnovers. We can't have those turnovers. Yeah, and then Draymond. The over for game. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Draymond's like, okay, I'm cool with you talking like, but if you're going to talk like this, you need to talk like this all the time. Like you can't just like, you know, start talking like this when I'm like off the court and stuff and not, you know, having as big of a leadership role as I'm supposed to be just because I'm like, you know, going through all these like different, you know, just the different like complicated things he went through in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now Pajemski wants to step up and be the talking guy like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this when he's a rookie. You know? That's good. We need people to step up. Shoot. I mean – what did Kobe do and what did Jordan do? They didn't wait till they was in a what third or fourth season to step up. They stepped up as soon as they you know got there. True. You know, but then they also had earned their respect too. Like they still had to earn it. You know, mm-hmm. respect wasn't given to them. They had to go out there and show why they were gonna be the you know lead guy. So in this case, you know, I think he was honestly just you know trying to get better at practice. I think it was nothing more than a moment of just like. You know, hey, you just messed it up for us. We could have won the game. You turned it over. And, you know, that's not even like, you know, you have other teammates for a reason. I feel like that's what he was trying to say. True. Because Draymond does try to put it all on himself sometimes. Yeah. But then we got to, you know, kind of remember who Draymond is, too. Like, he's kind of that guy. I'm not going to say he's looking for an issue. But at the same time, he kind of invites. It feels that way sometimes. Yeah, he kind of invites it. So, in this case, he was just kind of saying, like, you know, 
that's cool. I'm glad you uh, talking up and stepping up for us, but do that all the time. Like, don't just do it one time and kind of. I agree with that, though. Yeah. Because if you're going to come with that approach, I mean, because a lot of people like to step up as a leader, especially when someone like does something wrong or like, you know, especially like Draymond's in a vulnerable point at that time when that happened because Draymond's, you know, he doesn't even have a spot on the roster and he's just now getting back in the roster because of the suspension. And then now, you know, he wants to just be like, oh, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And, you know, talk to Draymond like he isn't the veteran. You know what I'm saying? So if he is going to come with that approach, then like Draymond said, he needs to do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to go earn his respect, you know, like especially somebody like Draymond, you know, his respect isn't just given. Yeah. Definitely got to fight for that kind of respect. So I think Pajinski's been hustling them for his team and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, that locker room is just kind of a mess anyway. But, I mean, they're figuring it out. You know, it's kind of a lot of tension in that room from the vets because, you know, Draymond and Clay probably feel like, you know, they're on the back burner of their career while Curry probably has, you know, Mm, he probably has what four or five six I don't know how many seasons well, he, he has, has to like, back, he has a lot of seasons backpack the entire team yeah so I mean he's still kind of on the back end of his but you know he performs like it's a reason Curry is the franchise player so yeah you know everybody's really just playing with a chip on their shoulder but I feel like more so Draymond and Clay because you know especially Clay man that man he takes uh, he takes stuff so takes it to heart I won't say seriously because it is serious, but he's he just hard on himself. Yeah, He's extremely hard on himself. He's probably letting the media get to him too, but at the same time, he's mm-hmm. really just more frustrated with himself from what I understand, you know. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, shoot, you know what you're not doing, but, you know, let's get in the gym to make sure that no matter what, you know, you're going to knock down that shot when we need you to knock it down. Yeah, We don't expect you to make every shot. But, you know, shoot, you don't need to just, I guess, get down on yourself too, too much because everybody misses, you know. He went through a lot, though, in that spin where he missed those two seasons. Yeah. You know, he's probably just hungry just to be back to his old self, back to but that's what he was. Like, it's been about two, three seasons. He can't be what he used to be. That's the whole point. He needs to figure out a way to, you know, play to, you know, his strengths. Like, you know, if he's not as fast or whatever. It's just hard for a person to accept that, especially at the peak of what he was. Yeah. Well, it's hard. That's, yeah, it's been a minute, so accept it. Mm. Not going to lie. It's been a minute. Been about two seasons. Hard truth. seasons from that injury, so, yeah. Hard truth, but, I mean, still truth. But anyways, moving on from that topic, yeah, the Warriors got a lot to talk about. They got a lot to think about. I mean, yeah, man. But they can still make a run. They're still in that play-in. They're in the back burner of the play-in at that 10th seed. But, I mean, they're still in the play-in. You know what I'm saying? So, they, there's still hope. At the end of the day, there's still hope. But, anyways, I really was interested on this. Before we go away, before we're done with the show, I really want to talk to you about the Knicks having six first-round picks in these next two drafts. Now, granted, the Knicks are known for not making necessarily like, well, they have made bad picks, but, you know, when they do get a good guy and they pick him up, like, from the draft, they don't, they're not known for developing that player very well. So, what's your take on 
the Knicks' longevity, and do you think they can, with these six first-round picks in the next two drafts, do you think they can really, I don't know, capitalize on that? Yeah, they should be able to. Um, honestly, I feel like their first pick, like the first type of player they go for, is a big man. Like, yeah. Uh, just some kind of star class big man because Julius they really Randle, need that, yeah. his play style, you know, he wants to be a guard anyway. Like, he's big, but he's shown time and time he'd rather be on the three-point line, you know, playing out of the mid-range, still doing step-back jumpers. So, we need it. Like, New York needs a real – big man that's going to do that dirty work like commit to you know basically doing the Dennis Robin role but you know big man mm-hmm. like shoot they need a Joel Embiid they need a Jokic they need something like that because all their bigs are getting injured like uh Hernan Gomez and then Precious Achua and they then Jericho Sims yeah huh? they need a Bam out of bio type of player type of center because yeah. you know Bam is committed to doing that work for his team he can get scrappy and he knows what he needs to do for his team yeah and he still gets buckets yeah he he does you know yeah so starting center for the all-star game it might have been because of the technicality but still he still got there but yeah do you think do you think they would be able to capitalize on those other picks too yeah that's what i'm saying they could get a um you know a good big man first probably get a you know some kind of small four three guard Mm -hmm. next because they have guards like there's point guards and stuff so I think they're good on that front. Yeah, Brunson's probably – I mean, he's locked in, I would think. Yeah, him, DiVincenzo, Josh Hart. I mean, he's Josh Hart is like at the power forward, small forward type of position. But yeah, he's at forward, yeah. Yeah, he's interchangeable. So, And then they um, have quickly. Well, no, quickly is at Toronto. Oh, my bad, my bad. Not quickly. Um, OG and Obi. I'm tripping. Yeah, mm-hmm. got those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, they're good on guards, I think, for now. Um. It wouldn't be bad, though, to get, like, that younger player, though, because OG's starting to get a little – he's almost 30, I would think. And then Dante and Josh Hart aren't the youngest players either. So maybe, like, a forward, like you're saying. Maybe even sneak – well, they already have some backup cards. I don't know. But they really do need a big center, man. They need a star center. And then they just need – after that, they just need supporting pieces because, you know, if you get that big three with Brunson, Randall, and whoever that center could be, then – or even make a trade in the offseason. Like I said, I wouldn't mind going for Bam if I was New York. Yeah, they That's really just need a need. big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you think they should go for a trade? Maybe trade some of those picks. They don't even have to trade. Just, you know, with your first pick, you know, like I said, look for a big man. That's what I would tell the Knicks. If I'm the Knicks front office, I'm looking for the next star center. I'm looking for the next Joel Embiid. That might be smart, though, to trade some of those firsts in a package and stuff because they are win-now type team. Yeah. Especially with Brunson and Julius Randle kind of like in the older – and like a lot of their lineup is at that older range, especially with their new pickup with Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Or Bojan Bogdanovich, I should say. There's a lot of Bogdanoviches out there, dude. They just have a good mix of team, like people on the team right now. They have young guys. They have vets. They have, you know – the Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle category where you're kind of in the middle, you know, Josh Hart. So, yeah, the Knicks are solid. You know, like I said, I, they need a center just like Bam or Bam. But I don't think Bam <laughs> They could pick Miami. up Bam. That would be a good pickup for them. Yeah, I don't think Bam will leave Miami, though, because, you know, him and Jimmy Butler have a good thing going on. You know, mm-hmm. they just got Terry Rozier, even though they wanted Dame, but, you know, who knows. And they got on, the on right, so they got that guard situation. Yeah, depending on what they do in the – um. You know, this playoff run, you know, Dane might either – he. I figure he's going to stay with the Bucks. You know, I don't think he will make that switch just to leave. But just in case, we never know. 
Yeah, you never know. Nobody expected KD to go to the Warriors after, you know, getting beat by them that bad. So, True. we never know. We don't know. It's just if Tyler Hero can stay healthy and then Jimmy Butler, if he can actually get buckets, yep. especially in the finals when they needed him most. You know? Oh, well, shoot. He was the reason they even went that far in the finals, if you want to go there. Yeah, the but, I mean, times, at the know? end of the day, if you're going to win it all, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't ease just, off that gas pedal. Man, him and Bam need help, though, bro. Because I'm talking about if you would go back and look at it, bro, Jimmy was doing like, – remember, he had 55 points, you know, 56, that type of stuff. So, But not last year, though. Last year in the playoffs? Well, like, I'm talking league? about just the NBA finals. Oh, no, no, he didn't. But, yeah, true, like in the that Buck series, though. But they were going against the Nuggets, though. That was literally the best team in the NBA. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They're fresh off the championship this year. That's what I'm saying. That's why I predicted the Nuggets going back. Yeah. It just depends on what, you know, what's happening in the West. You know, teams are so good right now. It's anybody's, you know, for the taking. They needed guards. Yeah. So, I think those pickups definitely helped them. Yeah. All right. But shoot, that's going to wrap up the show this time. Um, we appreciate everybody for listening, tuning in. And uh, shoot, we'll see you next time. Yep, we'll see y'all.